the Braves Craze Podcast with your host, the Braves Doctor. Good afternoon, Braves country. Today is Saturday, August the 3rd, 2019, and this is the Braves Craze Podcast. Before we talk Braves today, I invite you and ask you to do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Today's episode, we're going to talk the trade deadline, who do we get, who do we lose, and how does it impact us. Okay, so this episode, we're going to talk the trades the Braves made before the deadline. The Braves made four trades before the trade deadline. Uh, The first one on Tuesday is the Braves sent left-handed minor league pitcher Colby Allard to the Rangers for right-handed pitcher Chris Martin. Then on Wednesday, the Braves made three trades, uh, starting with the Giants trade. We received Mark Melanson for, for minor league pitchers Dan Winkler, who has been in the major leagues for sure with the Braves, and Tristan Beck, and we follow that up by acquiring Shane Green, the closure from the Tigers, for minor league left-handed pitcher Joey Wentz, and outfielder from the minor leagues Travis Demerit. And then finally, the Braves acquired a catcher uh, for a actually for uh, cash, and that was John Ryan Murphy from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's go through these trades to begin with. Let's start with the John Ryan Murphy catcher trade. So I really like this deal. Uh, you know, John Ryan Murphy is a guy who's spent a little time in the majors, still has a bit of upside in my mind. Uh, I don't think this guy's going to be a game changer, but let's look at the Braves' catch situation with the Major League team. Uh, well, first, we know we have two young guys in the minors, William Contreras and Shea Langoliers, who are coming, but probably are a year away. So uh, we're going with Brian McCann, who has been incredible this year. You know, getting Brian to come home to the Braves and being here has been a great thing. And he's actually performed really well with the bat and behind the plate. But Brian's not young, and Brian is also not uh, in tremendous shape at this point in time. So, you know, having a guy for Brian's backup purposes and another guy for depth is a good idea, and Murphy serves that role. But more interestingly, uh, Tyler Flowers of late has been a bit of a train wreck. Uh, This is Tyler's, I believe, third year back with the Braves. And he's played pretty well for the first two years, but Tyler's not really a guy known for his bat. He's pretty strong. He will hit some home runs, uh, but, but not necessarily an average guy. But all of a sudden, Tyler Flowers has, has been giving up pass balls at an alarming rate. Uh, and, and that is something that, that bothers me and concerns me a great deal. We're giving away bases and runs too quickly for uh, what's going on there with Tyler. You know, Tyler is basically a backup catcher, and the last I looked and was told, he led the league in pass balls uh, as a part-time player. So that that's really not good. So, you know, Murphy may be a guy you see in Atlanta sooner than later. Uh, you know, do we find a, a uh, injury for Tyler Flowers, you know, a phantom injury to get him some time to kind of get straightened out and let Murphy come up and serve that, that backup role, a platoon role with Brian McCann, or – you know, if nothing else, uh, this gives us someone where if, if Brian or Tyler does go down hurt at some point in time, we have a guy who's got some experience to come up and, and come in and catch. And, and we're not going to necessarily be uh, completely uh, at odds with our catcher or, or, or in a bad spot there. So I like the deal. Uh, again, it was just cash considerations, so uh, that shouldn't cost us obviously that much, but uh, we didn't lose a player there. 
Okay, so let's talk about the second trade uh, that I want to discuss, and that is uh, Dan Winkler and Tristan Beck to the Giants for Mark Melanson. Uh, so Dan Winkler is a guy we know. He was a Rule 5 draft guy we got a few years back, I believe from the Rockies, and had some really good moments and pitched well for the Braves uh, in the last couple of years. But this year, uh, it, did, it wasn't Dan's year. He struggled all year, didn't pitch very well, and uh, had been sent to the minor leagues to kind of get right. And then Tristan Beck is a prospect. I believe he was in the top 20 or so as a right-handed pitcher for the Braves with some upside. So we did give away one prospect in this deal, but we got back Mark Melanson uh, of the Giants. Now, now Mark Melanson's a guy who is, has been a closer in the major leagues and had some really good success in the past uh, and was pitching pretty well for the Giants this year. The problem with this deal is Mark Melanson is, is signed through 2020 next year and is owed quite a bit of money. Uh, so this is one that I'm not quite as keen on. Uh, I do think Mark Melanson uh, helps us. He's a better pitcher than who we've had in the, in the majors some this year, and, and we will uh, you know, be better off with Mark Melanson there. But I worry that next year that salary is going to be something we have to deal with and going to constrict us some on some things we do. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Melanson is going to be in the setup role. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he closed before the end of the year, uh, and we'll discuss that in a second. But, uh, you know, I, I do think he's a, a serviceable pitcher. Uh, he's got experience. He, he's been around a while. Uh, he has been a closer for a number of years in the majors, and I do know he's been there and done that, which should help us uh, a good bit as well. Uh, the third trade, I'm sorry, the fourth trade at this point in time to discuss uh, is going to be uh, the big one, really. Actually, the third trade. My apologies. I hadn't got to the fourth one. Uh, this is Shane Green. So we acquired Shane Green, the Tigers' closer, uh, for Joey Wentz, who was at Double A Mississippi, and Travis Demerit, who actually spent some time at Double A last year and then Triple A this year. So I mentioned in the previous initial podcast, uh, I've been to some Double A games recently and over the last few years, and I have seen both Demerit and Joey Wentz perform at, at Mississippi, and I had positive, uh, positive thoughts and I have a positive outlook on both of them. Demerit's kind of a lanky, skinnier outfielder uh, who we got in a trade a few years ago. Uh, I think that was something that Coffee brought over here when he was doing the rebuild. Uh, Travis was an infielder who they moved to outfield. Uh, he's got some power, uh, but he had trouble putting the ball in play. He struck out a good bit. So Travis actually was having a pretty good year at AAA this year. Uh, I did notice he's already in the Tigers lineup and playing for the Tigers and got his first big league hit. So good for him. We certainly want to root for him there. Uh, he may be one of those guys we're not really sure if he's a 4A player or a major league player. I think he's kind of done all he can in AAA, but now it's time for him to go to the next level and see what he can do with the Tigers. Uh, with our crowded outfield and the young kids coming up, I don't know that Travis had a path to get to Atlanta. So uh, it's probably a good thing for Travis to, to move on and have a chance to play uh, with Detroit uh, in the bigs. And then Joey Wentz, a uh, left-handed pitcher who was at Mississippi uh, this year, is a pretty good prospect. Uh, he's in most everyone's top 15 for the Braves, uh, 12, 13 normally. Uh, he was the best guy we gave up probably in this entire uh, deal, and, and I, I like Joey Wentz a good bit. But we have a lot of guys down there that are, that are getting ready to come up, and Joey was probably expendable on that. So Shane Green's an experienced closer. Uh, he's 30 years old. He's going to cost something. He's having a great year this year. Uh, ERA's below two. Uh, got quite a few saves for Detroit, and they hadn't won many games. He saved most of those games at this point. 
Uh, that's a little bit sarcastic, but but he has saved a lot of the games they, they've won this year. Uh, the interesting thing about Green is he's kind of been hot and cold for the last three or four years. ERA was really high last year, and this year he's been lights out. So, uh, you know, I, I hope Shane's going to come in here and, and be able to, to lock down the ninth inning for us and, and be that guy. I will say that, that Shane Green uh, is a big upgrade from what we've got now, and uh, I, I'm excited to have him here and see him pitch. Uh, you know, Luke Jackson has been closing for us, and you've got to give Luke Jackson a lot of credit. He, he's done a nice job uh, in a pinch for us. I don't see Luke Jackson as a closer, uh, but he is a good pitcher. Uh, you know, his two pitches, the, the fastball, which touches 97-98, uh, followed up by a nasty slider, uh, a tight breaking slider, is really impressive. He just wasn't the ninth inning guy and didn't really have uh, – I mentioned last week he came in, you could almost cue the circus music when he did enter the game for the Braves. So uh, excited to have Shane Green. I do have some concerns about Shane Green's uh, consistency with that ERA from year to year. Uh, and the good news on Shane Green is he is signed through 2020 as well, so we got him next year uh, for a reasonable price. So I do like this trade a good bit. Uh, it did cost us Joey Wentz, who I do like, uh, but getting a closer that we desperately need for the, the stretch run and then for next year, uh, you have to pay to get something back, and we certainly – got that back in the Shane Green trade in my mind. Uh, and then finally, uh, the other trade that was actually the first trade we made, uh, the Braves got right-handed pitcher Chris Martin from the Rangers for uh, AAA pitcher this year, left-handed Colby Allard. Uh, this one's a bit strange to me, too. Uh, I'll be honest, when they made the deal, I didn't know much about Chris Martin. Uh, when you look up Chris Martin and see what he is, he's a six foot seven, six foot eight right-handed pitcher, who spent some time in Japan. Uh, he has reinvented himself as a relief pitcher and, and been very good for the Rangers uh, all year. Uh, this is a rental, though. Chris Martin is not signed uh, next year. He's, his contract expires at the end of this year. So we'll have to re-sign Chris Martin or let him walk at the end of the year. Uh, I do think Chris Martin's a good pitcher. Uh, one of the things that pops off the charts about Chris Martin is he has four walks this year. Uh, and our bullpen, which has been – a bit of a struggle, uh, throwing strikes to some mind, uh, Chris Martin's going to throw strikes. Uh, you know, he, he's 6'8", he's got good stuff. Uh, his strikeouts, uh, he's, get, he's better than one per inning uh, on strikeouts. So the, the strike-to-ball ratio, the, or the balls-to-strike-out strike, ratio is really impressive on Martin. Uh, Kobe Allard's an interesting case. Uh, I, I don't love this move. Kobe Allard also is a, is a top-20 prospect for the Braves. Uh, he was our first draft pick, I believe, in 2014 with the likes of Dansby Swanson drafted by the Diamondbacks, number one overall. Uh, that was a year that Tukey Toussaint was drafted as well, uh, I believe. So Kobe Allard was a guy we spent a lot of money on. Uh, Walker Bueller of the Dodgers went after Kobe Allard, so we probably missed that one. But nonetheless, he was a big prospect. Now, Kobe Allard's uh, stock has certainly fallen uh, in the last year or so with the Braves. Uh, I remember last year he was called up to pitch a spot start in, in big leagues. He may have gotten two. I can't recall if it's one or two. But I noticed Colby Allard was a guy who didn't throw hard. Uh, you know, he was barely touching 90-91, which I thought when they drafted him, he was a guy that threw harder than that. I know he had back, back troubles uh, coming out of high school, and he never really got himself to be where he wanted to be. Uh, but I, I did think Colby Allard was a guy we could have probably put in another trade to bring back a bigger return. With all due respect to Chris Martin, uh, and I do like Chris Martin as a pitcher, uh, 
you know, the, the, the rental part of this bothers me that we gave up a, a prospect in Colby Allard uh, for a rental, and the rental is not named uh, someone more than Chris Martin. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there's the four trades. Uh, honestly, I, I like the Chris Martin acquisition. I just think we might have overpaid a bit for Chris Martin. Uh, I love the Shane Green deal as well. Uh, we get a guy that, that's, that's there for uh, this year and then next. Uh, Melanson, uh, I, that, I think he's a good pitcher. It up, it's an upgrade, but I do worry about uh, his age and, and the contract he has. Uh, and then John Ryan Murphy, uh, I'm kind of excited to have. I know that sounds weird, but I'm kind of excited to have that third catcher who, who seems to be very serviceable. Okay, we're back here uh, with the Braves Craze podcast. Let's talk a second now about making room for these new players uh, on our roster. So in order to bring Mark Melanson, Chris Martin, and Shane Green to Atlanta, we had to make room. The Braves optioned Chad Sabodka, relief pitcher, right-handed pitcher to the Stripers in Gwinnett. Also, Jeremy Walker, who's been a nice story, was sent to Gwinnett. And then A.J. Minter, uh, who's been a bit of an enigma this year, also to Gwinnett. And then the other move of note uh, to make room on the 40-man roster, the Braves did release Luis Gohara. Uh, let's talk about Gohara a second first. Uh, this is a guy we saw pitch a couple years ago uh, in Atlanta, and he was throwing gas. Uh, high 90s fastball. We know he'd had some health issues. He'd had some personal issues uh, with, his, I think, losing a parent before. Uh, Luis just struggled with a lot of things. Uh, I got to actually see Luis and, and chat with him just a second when we, we were in spring training this year in Atlanta, and the young man was super nice. I, I was very impressed with his demeanor. Uh, he was nice to the fans. He signed autographs. So Luis Guajara uh, is a guy I'm going to miss, but, but he did not pitch this year, missed most of last year as well. Uh, there was just so many things going wrong for Luis. I do hope he signs on somewhere. He's an incredibly talented young man with a live arm. Uh, he's just got to get himself – in a better place so he can get out there and perform on the field. Uh, I also love Chad Sabatka. I know he's been a guy who has not pitched that well this year. He's been hit hard. His first stint with the Braves to start the year for sure, and then when he came back up recently, he pitched better, but it's still been kind of up and down. So Chad's going back to AAA. Uh, Jeremy Walker, again, like I said, was a nice story, uh, but he was sent out. And then A.J. Minter, man, that's hard, hard, hard to figure out. Uh, last I looked, his ERA was over or around eight. Uh, and this guy throws high 90s and, and came out of college expecting to be our late left-handed guy or closer, and, and he did that for a little bit, and just this year has been a disaster. So hopefully A.J. can get right uh, and come back to Atlanta this year and help us out before uh, things are done. So those guys went down to the minors uh, to bring these guys in. We lost Gohara uh, in, that, in that DFA situation. Uh, I want to talk a second now about – what I think needs to happen for the Braves uh, this year so we can get make a deep run in the playoffs and, and some guys to step up. So I've got three guys uh, that I want to step up and I want to talk about this year uh, that we can have uh, these guys. Are, these guys are already here on the roster, so getting these guys to step up would mean a lot and I think help us out a great deal. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is Austin Riley. Uh, you know, it's funny to say Austin needs to step up because when Austin was called up a few months ago, he, he set the majors on fire. I mean, he, he was batting fifth and sixth and seventh in our lineup, and that just lengthened the lineup so much. Uh, when Ender got hurt, uh, you know, we moved Ronald Lacuna to center, brought Austin up to left, and then we had Marquecas in right, and Austin, you know, was just crushing it. 16, 17 homers he's hit, I believe, this year. 
uh, was hitting well over 400 for a while. And then he started tailing off, started getting the strikeouts to happen. In the last few weeks, Austin has looked lost. Uh, he did get a big home run yesterday for us, but uh, he hadn't been the same guy in a while. So I think Austin Riley is a guy that we need to get figured, need to get it figured out here. Uh, and I was worried he may go back to Gwinnett for a little while. I guess he still could, uh, but I think he's a guy we need to come back up and, and lengthen that lineup. Uh, you know, Ender has played well since he's been called back up. and I'm, I'm sorry, since he was uh, activated from the injured list. But he is, you know, Ender's a great defensive player, but I kind of see Ender as a fourth outfielder at this point in time. Uh, I don't trust that Ender's going to keep the bat going the way it has been the last couple days or so. And, uh, you know, he certainly is a guy that helps us defensively and makes us better in the outfield. But uh, I just think having Austin Riley in that lineup, being Austin Riley that we saw to begin, uh, begin his stint with the Braves this year makes us such a better offensive team. You know, that was the time when he was doing well when he was on that we were just crushing the ball and putting up some really crooked numbers on offense uh, and making some guys look really bad when they pitched against us. So, you know, Austin Riley is my first let's step it up guy uh, this year or for the second half of the season. Uh, so my second one, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit. Uh, let's talk a minute about what the Braves didn't do in the deadline before we go into this. We didn't acquire a starting pitcher. So, uh, you know, I, I was hoping we might find a guy. I, I did say last, last week on the podcast that I thought the biggest need was the bullpen, and I do agree with that. We certainly addressed that with three players and got some depth of catching for our fourth player. But, uh, you know, a starting pitcher might have been nice. Uh, I, I didn't want to go out and really sp- pay for a Noah Syndergaard. And was he really even available to the Braves? I don't know. But I didn't want to pay that price for him. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is not a guy I really wanted because he was a rental as well. And he would have cost us some bigger prospects. So I didn't want that. A guy like a Tanner Roark, who I believe went to the A's, is the kind of pitcher I was interested in them going after. Uh, to come in there and be a number three starter for us, <clears throat> uh, log some innings, you know, keep us in the games, uh, show his veteran skills and savvy out there. And that would have been a nice move to, to get a guy like that. But we didn't choose to do that. So now my person that needs to step up is going to be that number five starter. And I'm going to name about five names here. So one of these guys I think needs to really step it up. Uh, the guy there now is Kevin Gossman, who, who had one great start when he came back from the injured list and now has looked kind of shaky the last two times out. Uh, Mike Fultonevich, it's just a mystery. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some things there that still have to go right to get him back in the, in the rotation, so I, I'm not counting on that one, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that may happen. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, who's been optioned, I'm guessing is going to get stretched back out to start, so maybe he's a guy that could help us as well down the stretch. Uh, Kyle Wright, one of our talented starters, who's been up this year some and has not fared very well. Uh, one of our top pitching prospects, so you kind of hope Kyle will be the guy to come in there. But so far it hadn't worked. Uh, and then Bryce Wilson, uh, who has looked decent at times this year, uh, seems to be a little bit ahead of Kyle Wright in my mind, uh, but there's still some work to do there for Bryce. I'll even throw in Ian Anderson, who, who's still in Double A, but is our top pitching prospect in the organization from most, uh, most organizations say that. Uh, between him and Kyle Wright, but maybe Ian Anderson could also be that guy. So if one of these guys can come in here and, and become the fifth starter and just give us good innings and, and good work, that would really help. Uh, and I want to discuss the rotation before we get out of here too, but let's, let's talk about the third person to step up, and I believe this is the most important person. 
That person is Johan Camargo. Uh, <clears throat> I'll make no secret that I really love Johan Camargo. Uh, I believe Johan's kind of gotten a bad deal for a couple years now. Uh, last year, Johan stepped up and played third base in the second half of the season. Really not sure why he didn't start the first half of the season the way he needed, but he played uh, in the second half gloriously. Uh, he was the best player on the team offensively of anyone not named Ron Lacuna after the All-Star break last year. And then we go out this year and, and sign Josh Donaldson. Now, let me just say Josh Donaldson's been wonderful the last uh, two months of this, this season for the Braves, so I'm not trashing Josh Donaldson by any means. I love the guy. Uh, I think he's a guy we, we have counted on and continue to count on. But we told Ronald Cunha his role was going to be super utility, kind of like the Marwin Gonzalez thing with the Astros last year, and that has not been how we've used Johan Camargo. Uh, you know, he, he was told, and we were all told as fans, that we'd see Johan in there three to five days a week. Uh, he, would, he would go around the infield and split the spell, our infield, from Donaldson to Dansby to Ozzy to Freddie, and then he'd get some outfield and give Nick and some more folks in the outfield a break here and there, and that really hasn't happened. Now, I will say that when Johan's played, he hasn't performed that well, but he hasn't played anywhere near enough to actually keep his swing uh, straight. And when I say swing, you know, Johan's a switch hitter, so he's got longer swings from the left and right side, and I think he needs timing and needs at-bats to get his timing. So I would, I would really like to see Brian Snicker get Johan in three to five days a week Spilling our guys, it is time to have some of those guys get some days off and keep them, keep them, keep them healthy and keep them fresh for the, for the stretch run. And by getting Johan Camargo in the lineup more, uh, it does two things. It spells our guys and hopefully gets him right, gets his bat back going. You know, Johan is a very good defensive player on the infield. Uh, I think he's a gold glove caliber third baseman. You know, he, he's, he's uh, put on some weight and some muscle, so he's a little bit limited on the range at shortstop than what he used to be. But his arm is the best on the team. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, so I, I trust him on defense, wherever he is. And I think he needs to be in the lineup more. Uh, okay, and finally, a couple other things about the rotation. Let's discuss that a second. Uh, I wanted to give some props in particular to Julio Tehran this year. You know, Julio was a guy last year that we were ready to run off. You know, he struggled at home last year. His ERA was, was really, really high at home. Uh, he had some good moments in the playoffs as a reliever last year. But, you know, if you'd asked me last year or the offseason, would Julio be in this rotation by August of 2019, I'd have said no. And Julio has been outstanding. I mean, he, he's not going that deep into games, but he's been a really solid uh, veteran influence. His velocity t is tick ticked up a little bit. Uh, he's hitting spots, uh, painting corners a great deal. So I want to give a lot of props to Julio this year and the job he's done. Uh, we would be in a lot of trouble without him in that rotation. Uh, you know, I love Mike Soroka. Uh, I think Mike Soroka has, has been one of the most valuable players this year on this team. Uh, we expect him to do pretty well, but he's exceeded that. Also a huge fan of Max Freed. Uh, you know, his stuff is electric. Uh, you know, he'll give you a bad game here or there, but for the most part, Max has been really, really good. You know, acquiring Dallas Keuchel is a big deal. Uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't a, a huge, huge fan of how times we paid Dallas Keuchel, but having the veteran in there uh, at the top of the rotation for us uh, with the craftiness, the savvy, and the experience has been really good. Uh, so I just really like where those top four guys are. You know, we've heard the limit, uh, the innings thing on Soroka and, and, uh, and Freed, and those guys were kind of an uncharted territory, and they are. But, uh, you know, so far they're still bringing it. 
and hopefully, like I said, in my, my step-up category and column that we'll have somebody come in there in the fifth starter spot, and maybe even two guys will let us rest Soroka or Freed uh, occasionally. So before we uh, shut down the show today, I do ask again, please go out and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, thanks for listening. That's the show. Yeah.